Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is actually Monday morning here. Um, I'm really happy Lisa got home from a week in San Antonio last night, and great to have her home safely. And, you know, I'm I'm really blessed to be able to bring you these incredible conversations. I sat down on Friday and had another Friday conversation with my friend Randy Alcorn. Randy's a very successful writer. He runs an organization now called Eternal Perspective Ministries, and I'll give you a link if you want to consider supporting that amazing work that he does. But Randy lost his wife, Nancy, to metastatic colon cancer a few months ago. He was on the show a while back um, to talk about his book, Happiness, and uh, he's written several books that made a huge impact on me, not only in my personal faith, but in my uh, his book, Happiness, um, really helped me coalesce my thinking as I was struggling to get out my thoughts as I was writing my book that's going to be released next July, Hope is the First Dose. Happiness from Randy Alcorn was incredibly helpful to me in kind of putting some thoughts together that I've been struggling with. And, and so I had a chance to sit down with, with Randy a while back and talk about that. And then he lost his wife, um, Nancy, precious Nancy. Um, but he told me when we talked on Friday, uh, Randy told me an incredible story about the, the very end of of Nancy's life and how faithful she was. And he told us about this amazing experience that I just want to share with you now before we get into this conversation. Here's Randy talking about uh, his experience with Nancy and how she lived out her faith right up to the very end of her life on this earth. Here's what he had to say. Well, I'm so I'm, I was really grateful that Amy reached out um, and reconnected us. I've been wanting to have a chance to reconnect with you. And I know you've been going through a lot, my friend, and I'm, I'm sorry yeah. about Nancy. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. I mean, uh, she, I, I, I'm just still astoundedly when I think about what a model, what an example she was for me or for anyone facing her death and the insights that she had. My cancer is God's servant. These other things that she mm. would say based on passages of scripture, she's reading like Psalm 119, um, you know, the, all, all things are your servant. Well, that means my cancer is your servant and all things work wow. together for good. That means my cancer is working for good. And not only in my life, but the lives of my children and my grandchildren to hear her say those words and to hear her say those words on her deathbed to her kids and grandkids was as a living hope. I mean, she really, she really believed what she said she believed. Absolutely. And, and that was, she's just, uh, I mean, she, she modeled so beautifully uh, what it means to um, trust the Lord. And, you know, it was just really a, an amazing experience. It just completely blew me away, friend, when when Randy said that Nancy quoted Psalm 119.91, even at the end of her life, all things are your servants, David says. All things are your servants. And that means Nancy said it. I've never heard this before. Even my cancer is your servant. That means, friend, if, something's, if something is in your life, then you can use it for God's glory, that they can become part of the story that you tell. It was an unbelievable thought. I'd never uh, heard anyone articulate it quite that way, but it was wonderful. And I was reminded as I talked to Randy how I came connected him in the first place. And actually, it goes back to my friend Tommy Walker. I was, um, as I often do, one morning a couple of years ago now, I was spending some time in the Word, and I always put some worship music on, and I 
ran across I ran across a YouTube video of a song that I don't think Tommy ever actually released on an album uh, called I Want to Find My Hope. I'll, I'll play it for you at the end of this episode. But this song, I Want to Find My Hope, in the notes, Tommy often writes a little devotional or a little um, explanation of a song or where it came from or put some scriptures in there. And he quoted, or he mentioned rather, that he was reading a book by Randy Alcorn called Happiness. And so when I read that... I said, well, there's a book about happiness, and I'm currently trying to write a book about happiness. So that's that's where I found Randy Alcorn. I had never read any of his books before. Um, and it turned out that he wrote the best book on pain and suffering that I've ever read. It turned out he wrote the best book on heaven that I've ever read. And I and I just have been so blessed by that connection that I you know reached out to Randy, and he was gracious enough to be on the podcast. I think he's... Um, become somebody that I really look to as a guide and a mentor and now a friend. Uh, and he's one of this tribe of, of digital people that I have collected uh, over the course of doing this podcast and writing that people that I've never met in real life, like John Swanson, Tommy Walker, Paul Balash, Randy Alcorn, so many folks that have been so kind and good to me and have, have shared their hearts and their lives with you. And uh, I'm just very grateful for Randy. But Randy, his assistant, Amy, reached out to me a couple of weeks ago that he's had a new book coming out. And Randy's also a scuba diver and an incredible, a very accomplished photographer. And he wrote his this book about heaven a few years ago. And heaven's really, the, the exciting thing about heaven is that it's the promise of a new earth. And many of us, you'd be surprised, many of us have the wrong picture of what heaven is. And for, in fact, for a lot of folks in the world, heaven doesn't sound very appealing because so many Christians think that we're going to be floating around in the clouds in some disembodied state and playing harps all the time and all this weird stuff that the cartoons have mentioned. But that actually, that is not what the Bible teaches about heaven. And Randy's going to take us through it. If you've never read his book, Heaven, that's the full-length exposition of what the Bible has to say about what heaven is going to be like, the new heaven and the new earth. But he recently did a, a kind of a coffee table book. It's sort of a photography and short essay book with lots of scripture and some photos that he took from diving and other places. And he put it together since Nancy's past, and it's incredible. We're going to give away four copies of that book, by the way. Amy, um, Randy's assistant out at Eternal Perspective Ministries in Oregon, has agreed to give us four copies of the book. The first four Listeners who write in, Lee at DrLeeWarren.com, we're going to send you a book. Please don't make me email you back to ask your address. If you want a book, please, first name, last name, mailing address, zip code, and we will get you a book, friend. Hey, this conversation with Randy Alcorn is encouraging, it's exciting, it's fascinating, it's biblically sound, and I just I had just a wonderful conversation with my friend Randy, and I think it's going to bless you tremendously. Listen, I'm always telling you, you can't change your life until you change your mind. If you can learn to change your mind to where everything in your life can be used in God's service, that will change your life. And the good news is, Lisa's going to tell us that we can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. 
Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done. If you like the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Well, friend, we're back. I'm so excited to have another Friday conversation with my friend Randy Alcorn here with us all the way from out in Oregon. How you doing, Randy? I'm doing well. Great to be with you, Lee. It's good to see your face again, my brother. And it's been... Uh, it's been a rough few months for you. Um, you lost your wife, Nancy, a while back, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful to, to see you here and, and that you're still living out the mission and, and telling this great story with your life. Thanks for being here today. My pleasure. Tell us about, um, you told me a few minutes ago a little bit about how Nancy faced uh, the kind of end of her life, and it was such a beautiful story that you told. Can you just talk for a second about Nancy and all that you've been through? Yeah, uh, four and a half years ago, uh, well, I guess it would be five years ago in January, Nancy was diagnosed with colon cancer. Uh, first, they were saying uh, stage two, and then quickly they were saying stage three, and then within a year, stage four. And of course, that means it's traveling throughout the body, and yeah. um, then it uh, in, in her, was found in her lungs. And uh, even though she'd had the surgery to remove it from her colon, that's where it started. But it was colon cancer that made it to her lungs. And mm. uh, so, uh, of course, the, the COVID years there uh, where lungs were a big deal uh, yeah. and you have a lung disease and uh, they're saying, look, if she gets if she gets COVID, she could be most people did fine with it, but she could be one of those people who die from it. Uh, wow. And so we had to be very careful and admit she was not going to church. We were watching it online. Of course, that yeah. was true of a lot of people during COVID. Yeah. Um, but it was hard because it isolated us even more because it was already yeah. a situation where we had friends that we got to dinner, uh, would you know, have dinner with every Thursday night. And sometimes she just wasn't able to come to that. And if any of them had the slightest cold or anything else, they would tell us. We'd say, well, unfortunately, we won't be able to come. So it was a very challenging time to be um, dying and knowing that God could heal. And we prayed every single day for four and a half years. We prayed that God would heal her. Mm. And the only time that we stopped praying that was a few weeks before she died when she said, um, I'm no longer praying that God will heal me unless he does it now. Uh, yeah. Because now I just want to go home to mm. be with him. You know, And it, it was hard and yet beautiful to hear her say those words. And one week before she died, well, nine days before she died, she said to me, I don't think I'm going to make it much longer. Mm. And um, would you be willing to call the kids in, you know, but 
uh, well, I have kids who are nearby and grandsons. Uh, they're half uh, just blocks away, less than yeah. a half mile away. Um, and then uh, we have ones in California that are a thousand miles away. So called them and said, um, even though my daughter who lives down there had been there just a few weeks earlier, but I said, if you could all come up and be with us, that would be wonderful. Uh, Nancy wants to speak into, um, you know, the lives of the kids and the grandkids. Yeah. And that's what she's uh, uh, doing. And she did it. And it was amazing. Wow. Uh, I read to them from her journals when her voice got too weak to talk. But she's looking at the kids and basically challenging them. Follow Jesus with all your hearts. Wow. If you love Jesus, and I know you do, I'm going to see you in heaven again. Um, uh, I know you'll miss me and maybe I'll miss you too. You know, in heaven, we don't quite know how that's going to work, but for sure, um, trust him, follow him, uh, devote your life to him and you'll, you'll, you'll never regret it. And it was a beautiful time. We prayed together. They prayed over her and had their hands on her. And it was all Mm. just a beautiful experience. And again, me reading from her journal, uh, the things about trusting in God's sovereignty and love yeah. and don't worry about me, boys. Uh, I'm in God's hands. He's in complete control and uh-huh. he loves me more than I love myself and more than you love me. Uh-huh. Um, and don't worry about that. She really <laughs> believed what she said she believed. Right. Exactly. Uh, so Lee, I hear uh, that some people have delivered uh, or are delivering the replacement uh, oil tank out oh, there. Good. So you may hear the occasional voice out there. That's okay. Uh, if it gets bad enough, uh, we'll stop and I'll go out and talk to no them. Problem. But there's somebody who I think has, has already put them on notice, try not to make too much noise, but Hey, there are two guys installing a big tank. So <laughs> there could be some noise. So. You know what life happens, doesn't it? Like we, yeah, it we does do these things from our homes and, and, uh, Harvey and Lewis are liable to bust in here at any minute, so you never know. Last time we <laughs> talked, in fact, Lewis came and That's got my That's right. Lab. Your yeah. dogs, right? <laughs> yes. Harvey German short-haired pointers, yeah. Yeah, that's so great. You know, you said something a minute ago. You, you prayed for four and a half years that Nancy would be healed, and and God didn't answer that prayer in the way that you wanted. Um you're you're such a trusted guide for for millions of us about you've written so well about heaven and about happiness and about suffering and, and pain and so you're in this in the middle of this thing now and you're praying for healing and you're not hearing the answer that you want walk us through that like how does that affect your faith and what do you do what do people do when god isn't answering and seems to to not hear those prayers well, you know, one of the things I've said to people, because, of course, there's always people and they mean well, but they're always saying, oh, we know God's going to heal Nancy. Yeah. I mean, and of course, we're thinking, well, why are you saying that? Because we know he doesn't always heal people. That's right. Evidence of that is that people, his beloved children die. Right. And yeah. so. Uh, uh, you know, like I say to people who, and they'll talk about this faith healer on his book that they, you know, uh, they read and all this kind of stuff. And I said, could you just introduce me to one faith healer who's 120 years old? I'd like to meet him, uh, you know, and so it's, people die and they die yeah. of something. 
So if you don't die of a disease, you're going to die of an accident or you're going to die of old age or you're, but what you're going to die. Okay. So he, so every time somebody says it's always God's will to heal someone that you go, that, that actually can't be true. Cause if it was true, then there would be people from the first century and centuries before that, you know, who would still be walking around today. So obviously that that's, that's not true. So then it's, well, ask in faith, believing, and you'll receive it. Okay, but there's a larger context. There's not just those verses. There are the verses that have to do with Jesus, uh, you know, in the garden, praying, Lord, take this cup of suffering from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. But his main prayer was not answered. That cup of suffering was not taken from him right. and don't you think he's glad and the, the son's glad the father's glad and shouldn't we all be glad that god did not answer the prayer of the father did not answer the prayer of jesus and you could That's say right. well he did answer it because of the caveat you know that uh your will be done right but there's a lot of people who say no don't don't pray but your will be done because that's kind of getting God off the hook of the part. Well, God's not on our hook in the first place. And, um, and then there's the apostle Paul who in second Corinthians 12 says, I prayed three times that God would remove my thorn in the flesh, this physical disability that he had. We don't know what it was. That was a very serious source of pain and trouble and difficulty, um, suffering for him. Yeah. Three times I prayed it and God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm not going to heal you. That's right. And so it's like, so you, didn't, you know, he stopped praying, right? I mean, he, I prayed three times, not four times, not five times, but I am. So this is where we, we're in very good company when God doesn't answer our prayer. Yeah. We're talking about Jesus and the apostle Paul, right? right? Okay. So stop acting like, uh, I would get these notes from people and say, well, every, you know, you, you say in, in your caring bridge letters about Nancy that you're still praying for healing, but you know that uh, God, th- that's up to God. Well, stop saying that's up to God. You, you, you're, you're showing lack of faith when you do that. No. You know what? My faith is not in my faith. My faith is in God. That's right. Amen. Amen. I just read a book that, that gave me a, a perspective I hadn't thought about along these lines. Um, a guy named Pete Gregg, who's from the UK, um, wrote a book called God on Mute. And it's about these times like we just talked about. When yes. Prayer seemed to be, you, if you read, I don't know if you've read it, but, but he no, said I haven't, I, but I love the title. Yeah. Love it. And it was endorsed by the Archbishop of Canterbury, which I thought that's, wow. that's so random. Interesting. Yeah. But he, he said when Jesus prayed, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's something he wanted us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And the reason Jesus prayed that is because of the reality of spiritual warfare. Sometimes God's will isn't done on earth. And that's why we look so forward to heaven because his will will prevail in the end and will, and his, his will will always prevail. And it's always good for us. I never thought about that before. You know, one thing I've thought about Lee is that that great prayer, which I think it's safe to say, has literally been prayed by more people in human history than any other prayer, yep. right? The Lord's prayer. Okay, so, uh, but your will be done on 
earth as it is in heaven. So we're not praying that God's will will be done in heaven. It's always done right. in heaven, right? But we live in that one place in all human history where the will of God is violated. Now, we can still say in his providence, he accomplishes an overarching will that can uh, use, you know, all things work together for good, those of right. God, and even bad things work together for good, all that. But where his will is 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 not done. But one day, the question is, will that prayer ever be answered? Well, it won't be answered in this world as it is now under That's the curse. Right. Uh, but it will be answered on a new earth, a redeemed yeah. earth, where we as redeemed people will actually see the will of God be done constantly on earth and the, and this new yeah. universe, new heavens and new earth, uh, redeemed uh, universe. Somebody ought to wow. write a book about that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody ought to write that, Randy. Like, yeah, and, and it's a promise. So why don't we call it the promise of the, the new promise earth. of a new earth? <laughs> Perfect segue into your new book. <laughs> I love it. So, so Amy, Randy's lovely assistant, um, who's been so kind to to this Nebraskan neurosurgeon slash podcaster who reached out and said, "Hey, I want to have Randy." Who's not a rocket scientist, but not a rocket who scientist, is a brain surgeon, actual brain surgeon. <laughs> So I, I re reached out, it was a year ago or so now, the first time I said, hey, I love Randy's books. I think it'd be great on the podcast. And she made it happen. And then a, a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, she said, hey, Randy's got a new book. And I was like, this guy's incredible. I mean, you all you've been through recently and you're speaking again, you're writing again, you're 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 living out this mission that God's called you to to pastor all of us and and teach us things and and and, and encourage us with his word. And and you did it. You've come out with this beautiful book. And Amy mailed mailed me a copy that you so kindly signed, The Promise of a New Earth, Reflections on Our Eternal Home. Talk about this, where it came from, why you wrote it, and, and what you hope it's doing for us. Well, years ago, I had a book called The Promise of Heaven and had some nice photos in it that a friend had taken, a professional photographer. And uh, it went out of print, and I, uh, I had a number of people say, hey, you know, wish that book was back in print. And I thought, you know what? I don't want it to be that book yeah. back in print. I want it to be a new book that has some of the stuff from the original, but that is is really about the promise of the new earth. Because as we know, when we talked before, um, some about heaven, um, there is the present heaven that we go to when we die. Yeah. And that's the heaven people think about. That's the heaven naturally. That's where Nancy is right now. So she's there. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful place. It's uh, better by far, the Apostle Paul says, than life here on this earth. Yeah. But that's not the ultimate and eternal heaven. Nope. Because that will come after the resurrection. Now, it's pre-resurrection right now. Yeah. So you don't get your body. We don't get our bodies one at a time when we die. Nancy's body did not follow her up into heaven. We buried her body. Yeah. And we've gone to um, the graveside. And, 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 we, and we look at that uh, 
tombstone. And we, we see what's engraved on it. And by the way, it's a remarkable thing to see my name engraved on a gravestone yeah. because that's the way they did it. The only difference is uh, Nancy's birth date and death date is in there. My birth date is in there. And then there's the dash. And then there's the blank. Okay. Wow. So there's going to be, you know, a, a, a year, a date that's going to go in there. And I don't know what it is. And that's actually a very healthy and sobering thing to do wow. is to look at that and go, right. And it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next year. It could be five or 10 years. In my case, it's 68. It's probably not going to be 30 years. You know, it'll probably be somewhere in between. And yet, how do I know? Probably. How can you even say that? God knows yeah. the day of our deaths. We don't. But the point is that there is this future earth after the resurrection. Yep. And a lot of us believe, uh, are premillennial, we believe it will be a literal thousand-year reign of Christ on this old earth. Uh, many others, uh, great uh, people and great theologians are amillennial, and they believe that that it's not a literal thousand-year reign of Christ, and that very soon after the resurrection, there's final judgment, which is the end of Revelation 20, then comes Revelation 21. Behold, I saw a new heavens and a new earth, and it's a, a complete parallel to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then that, that's the whole universe. And then it's new heavens, new earth. In other words, new universe. Yeah. So in the same way that God will raise our old bodies from the, the grave, and maybe he'll use the DNA in order to reconstruct them or God, God doesn't have to use anything. You can just do it. You know, and these bodies are raised. Okay. As the old, our old bodies are to our new bodies. Likewise, the old earth will be to the new earth. Second Peter yeah. three says the old earth will be destroyed. But second Peter three also goes right on to say in verse 13, uh, therefore we are looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. In other words, it'll be yeah. a perfect earth. And Revelation 21 says that. It says that God will come down and dwell with his people. It says that three times in verse 3 of Revelation 21. And then it says he will wipe away forever, take away forever. He'll wipe the tears from our eyes, from our every eyes. tear. Yeah. There'll be mo no more death. There will be no more suffering. on. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and that is a promise that hasn't been fulfilled yet. It's not a promise for the present heaven. Of course, there's no suffering and tears in the present heaven. Yeah. But what I mean is this age in which the pr present heaven exists still has evil that's happening down on earth. But then on the new earth, there will be no more sin. There will be no more death. Revelation 22 says there will be no more curse. Our lives here on this earth, we don't pass our peaks. Our peaks mm -hmm. await us in the resurrection and on the new earth. And yeah. Nancy always used to say, she used to talk about her new earth bucket list, the things <laughs> that she was waiting for, for the new earth. Not that she's trying to do here before she gets there, but the emphasis being on what awaits her then. And boy, I'll tell you what. It'll be 
way better than anything we could ever do on this old earth Amen. under the curse, anything that could ever be on our bucket list. The ultimate bucket list thing on the bucket list should be Jesus, heaven, and then ultimately the new earth. Get there. Let, let me ask you a question. So I would, I've never looked at the stats on this, but I would bet that a majority of people who call themselves Christians or baptized believers or, or people who follow Christ and call on his name think that heaven is somewhere else and think that we're in some sort of disembodied state when we get to heaven. And, I, and I'm certain that most of the secular world has that idea that heaven's you're flying right. around in the cloud with a harp and all this stuff. And you said to me in an email recently where that came from. I want to make sure we get this on tape because I was raised in one of those traditions, Randy, where, I mean, heaven was you go up there and the earth's destroyed and we meet him in the air. And there's, there's little verses in Thessalonians where we, you know, we fly up and meet Jesus in the air. We don't come back here and, and it's, and it's over. It's burned up. Where does that come from? It doesn't come from the Bible. It does not come from the Bible. It really comes from among others, but the Greek philosophers, Plato among them, primary among them, who, who believe that the, the body and the material, uh, world and, and universe is really bad that goodness is in the spirit the disembodied right. state and so he believed that after people die that they uh are uh cleansed of their body they're they're unshackled now the yeah. the body was like a tomb to them uh and uh and once the body's gone then the spirit is free to either roam the universe or whatever particular concept you would uh, put to that. Right. That is that could not be more contradicted by the scriptures, the Hebrew and the Greek scriptures, which see God as the creator of the whole person, body and spirit. He breathed into Adam's body the breath of life, and when the spirit, the breath, uh, nefesh is the Hebrew word, and nauma is the Greek equivalent of that, um, when they are joined together, now we have a human being. Yeah. So when we die, an unnatural thing happens. The body and the spirit are separated from each other. And then Paul says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, if the dead are not raised, we are of all men most to be pitied. Yeah. In other words, he says, resurrection is coming, and the resurrection of Christ guaranteed it for us, guaranteed not only our, our salvation, but our resurrection. And he was the firstborn from the dead, and we will be those who follow him yep. in resurrection one day. So again, when we die, we are taken from our bodies, our spirit is, and there's not one at a time res resurrection. When you go to heaven, you don't have a body. Okay, now, maybe there's a temporary body that's given to us because you have all these passages that talk about people in heaven wearing clothes, uh, tree of life is in heaven as it was yeah. in Genesis, and, and you got people carrying palm branches and uh, bowing their knees and falling to the ground and casting their crowns before the Lord, yep. wearing those white robes. And so it sounds like maybe we have a temporary uh, uh, physical form, uh, even while our, our, our true bodies awaiting the resurrection are still on earth. 
We don't know. But what we do know is resurrection's coming. Your old body will be joined, the molecules, the DNA, whatever. God will put it together. And you may not be happy with your body now, and your body may be past its peak now, but you have not reached and never will reach the peak in your body until the resurrection and life on the new earth. Amen. So when you've lost somebody, like you've lost your wife, I lost a son, um, Lisa and I went through that, and we, we can then begin to resonate with what Paul's talking about, where if there's not a resurrection, then our hope of reuniting with those people that we love is gone. It's 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 a fool, right. fool's errand to even hope it. And so we had a, a a young, very young child in this really small community yesterday passed away, and those parents right now real. I don't know them, but reeling with the loss of a, of a very young child, tragic thing. What do you say to them, Randy? Like, what is this living hope? Like, what is this hope that we have? And and why is it real? And how can we grab onto it? Mm. Well, what we have is um, a blood-bought hope. It's not a wishful thinking hope. It's not a, 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 I hope I'll go to Disneyland on our next vacation. I hope we can go to Maui. You know, and I, I hope this or I hope that. Um, and some people, it's, I, I hope that I, I'll be a professional athlete, professional yeah. baseball player, or I hope that um, whatever. I hope one day I'll be president of the United States. Well, how many people could that hope ever come true for? A right. pretty limited number, right? Okay, but hope, I, I, I wish we understood the meaning of the biblical word, word because it's, it's a clinging to the absolute certainty of the promises of God. And that's yeah. what I mean with the blood-bought hope. Jesus went to the cross for this hope, making that hope a certainty. I mean, bought and paid for yep. by the Son of God, who is fully God of fully God. I mean, he uh, there is nothing he can't do, and he achieved for us the certainty of eternal glory and being in his presence forever. And uh, so sometimes when people say, well, you know, we'll kind of cling to our hope. It doesn't have that richness of the certainty of what Jesus did, you know, for us. So I think when we think in terms of the, the hope of heaven and the promise of Jesus, you think, Wow, how dependable is he? He says, uh, lo, I'll be with you always. He says, I will never, no, never desert you or forsake you in Hebrews 13. Three mm-hmm. negatives that are built into that. And it's like, not by any means will I ever forsake you. Uh, you can take it to the bank. You can be absolutely certain of it. I mean, Revelation 21 uh, that, you know, speaks with such certainty about the fact that we, God will come down and dwell with us forever. And three times it uses what's translated as a preposition that in the Greek, it's translated as with. He will be with us. God will be with them and be their God. He will bring heaven 
down to this new earth. Yeah. And his throne will be there. Uh, and there will be no more curse. And there will be no more tears. And no more sorrow. No more pain. No more death. No more sin that causes death. And this is the certainty of what awaits us. So what I try to do, Lee, and when I, in my grief process with Nancy is, I try to front load those promises into my life every day. Wow. Those, the certainty of those. And to know that I will see my wife again and I will see Jesus. She is with her best friend, Jesus, who is my best friend. Yeah. And we're each, we've been each other's second best friends. And we, it's only a temporary separation. We will be back together. That doesn't just help me to think that one day I will have joy again when I see her. It's no, I have that joy now. I have Amen. it here and now because of who Christ is and his promises. And I cling to those promises. Amen. You're preaching the gospel, man. I, I got to tell you, like, I, I love talking to you, Randy, and it's such a blessing. I, I, when you when you were saying that a while ago about the about the how Jesus bought the the Jesus bought our suffering and paid for it, and um, Mark Rogap said something, and I talked to him one time, um, and he said, "There's a floor to your suffering that Jesus paid for," and that reminded me of that scene in Pilgrim's Process where he's looking at the river, right, and the, and the river's really scary, and he's afraid to cross it, and then there's a guy standing in the river, and, and the guy says, "Hey, I'm I'm on the bottom, and the bottom is good. Like it, it this is as low as it gets. There's suffering, and the water's high." but you're not going to sink. And that's what Jesus does for us. And I, I wanted, I just said that to say this, like, and I want you to expound on it, like being, understanding happiness, understand what Makarios means and understanding that we have a living hope and that we're going to be reunited with our best friend and our, and our wives and our children again. That doesn't mean that we don't suffer now. Like you're suffering. I mean, I know you are because you just lost your wife. And so, just just for a second, address that, because sometimes people hear Christians say the things that we're saying, and they think we mean that we're not supposed to grieve or that we're supposed to be happy anyway. And just I know that that's not what this is, and I want you just to touch on that for right. a second. Yeah, I, thanks for saying that, uh, because that, that is very important. First Thessalonians 4 says, um, we want you to know, uh, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Yeah. That's a euphemism for death. Um, and then he says, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Not, yeah. we do not grieve. We do grieve. But when we grieve, it is not as those who have no hope. It's as, right. as those who have this informed, blood-bought hope. So we miss them. But... Uh, profoundly. I, I mean, there's not a day that goes by where I don't, I'm not conscious of missing Nancy. Yeah. You know what I miss? I think more than anything. Uh, well, there's so many things, but is her laugh. She mm. had uh, a loud and contagious laugh. She was always the life of the party. She would get going and she'd say something or somebody else would say something. And she would laugh and laugh and tell a story and laughter is just a huge part of her presence. And now there's me and my dog, Gracie, 
Mm. And thank God for Gracie, because um, uh, some people have said, well, what's it like to come home to an empty house? And it's, I, I never come home to an empty house. Yeah. <laughs> Gracie's there waiting for me, or even if she's been with me, you know, now here I am and it's not empty. And, you know, I see God in my dog. Uh, mm. He has revealed himself in his creation, uh, Romans says, and other passages of scripture. We see God in his creation. And I see God in Gracie, the delight, the excitement, the joy in this dog. Yeah. Uh, I went in from the office. I'd done a, 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 a podcast earlier and I went in the offices like, and I I've only been out here for like two hours and she's just all over me. <laughs> she's just, Oh, she's thrilled. It's like, Dad has been gone for a year, and finally I've seen him again. A few hours to a dog, it's like, it's crazy. She, she I can let her out, and you know this, you've got dogs, what, Harvey and, what is Lewis, it? Lewis, yeah. And Lewis, yeah. And, and it's like, this is the first time this has ever happened. And you give her a treat, and she runs in circles. It's like... This is the greatest thing. I've I haven't had a treat since yesterday, you know, or <laughs> this morning or yeah, whatever. Five minutes ago, yeah. Yes, five minutes ago. It doesn't matter. It's brand new and it's absolute <laughs> delight. That's been part of, 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 of helping me in the grieving process. Amen. So I miss Nancy, but Gracie reminds me of Nancy, partly because Nancy and I picked out Gracie together. And Nancy was the world's greatest dog. And and still is, and you know, her dream of having a hundred dogs on, uh, on the new earth and, 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 and being around sea creatures that she loves, turtles and dolphins and all of that. And I think that's probably a dream that's going to be realized on the new earth. And if not, something better, right? Yep. Because whatever we can imagine, it, it'll be at least as good or it will be far better. That's right. But those realities inform my grief. So I grieve. I miss her. Um, there's every every day still. It's It's been seven months now. And every day there's tears at something. I'll, mm. I'll watch a movie. You know, right now I'm watching uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. And a lot of people make fun of them. And, yeah, it's pretty predictable. We know what's going to yeah. happen. But the girl that's been so successful in the city, but she's single and her boyfriend's a jerk. And then yeah. she goes out to the country to where whatever. And she meets this big brawny guy that's carrying the wood. And at first they don't get along <laughs> at all, but we know what's going to yeah. happen, but that's okay. You know, I, I, I admit, I love a good movie, but I, I, I get tired of all the murders and all the death and all the, um, dark things and all yep. of that. And, and so even then I I'm enjoying the presence of Jesus and I'm looking forward to a day when I'll be re reunited with my wife and, Amen. and it'll, it'll be a glorious day and you with your son and oh, what a something to look forward to. Amen. Thank you so much. Listen, um, 
Amy and Randy from Eternal Perspective Ministries have graciously agreed to gift four copies of Randy's lovely new book, The Promise of a New Earth, um, to the first four listeners that write in, Lee at DrLeeWarren.com. If you'd love a copy of this amazing book, we're going to send it to you. And please send me your mailing address, Lee at DrLeeWarren.com, name and address, zip code, all that. We'll get it out to you. Uh, Randy, thank you for that gift uh, for our listeners. There are going to be people all over the world that are blessed by your words Absolutely. today. You know, Lee, one thing I would say about it is I, I'm trying to think, you know, I don't think it, it, there, there's never uh, more than one page without a photo as I look through. That's right. It's beautiful. And, 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 and here's one. I wasn't deliberately turning to it, but I just saw it. Let's see. Can I do this? Like oh, that. Right, okay. Yep. So here's an underwater photo that I took on Maui where wow. you've got these, uh, they're called Moorish idols, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six of them in a circle over some reef, and it's like they were posing. And I'm just marveling at the beauty. Wow. They're spread out very equally, the same space between each of them. And here they are, you know, eating lunch on the reef, you know, gnawing wow. on, on the little particles, the algae, whatever. And I, I just worshiped God as I looked at it. And the photos of, of mountains and rivers and waterfalls and some of the beauties of the different parts of the country and different parts of the world. Um, and just what a thrill to be able to see God in creation on this old earth under the curse. But Amen. the most beautiful things we see here are on a world under the curse. Even the food we eat, our favorite foods, are under the curse, and our taste buds are under the curse. Okay, so what's it going to be like to have these new bodies on a new earth where we will see God in creation with far greater clarity than we ever have? There will be no curse. No. It will, we, we will be tasting food with redeemed taste buds, and it's redeemed food on a redeemed earth and everything's redeemed. We're surrounded Amen. by everything that will testify to God's glory. And we will break into praise spontaneously. And I think continuously to God and, and the laughter that's going to resound. And I think the, the, the loudest laughter on the new earth won't be Nancy. She's, she'll be right up there, but it'll be Jesus. <laughs> I think the laughter of Jesus, can you imagine Jesus with his disciples, even mm. in this world? I mean, uh, think of the laughter they enjoyed around the fires. Um, and, and I just think, uh, wow, to hear the laughter of Jesus and to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. What a glorious thing that'll be. But that means to hear him say that, I mean, he's, we're going to get into heaven if we believe in Jesus. Like that's taken yeah. care of. However, uh, he does say, um, I'm looking at your life and I've entrusted you with responsibility, a lifetime of good works that I've calling, called you to do. It says that in uh, um, Ephesians 2, by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves is the gift of God, not by works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And he promises us 
He's going to reward us for those Amen. good works. And, and I, I think of Nancy enjoying her reward right now. And I think the greatest part of it is not uh, crowns and all the other things, treasures in heaven and all great and wonderful things that God has promised us. But that sense of hearing him say, well done, and just to be with him. Amen. Uh, how glorious. How glorious indeed. Well done, Nancy and and Mitch, and, and we get to hear it some days too. And while you were talking about the redeemed creation, I'm about 40 yards from the bank of the North Platte River right here, right right through my window. We're right on the riverbank. Yeah. And there's two um, big red-tailed hawks, and they're they're fishing on the oh, work in the riverbank while we're talking. And, and just a glorious day here in God's creation. You got to bring your camera and stay with us sometime out here. Oh, but Randy, it's it's just such a treasure. You're such a treasure, and it's such a pleasure to be with you again today. And I I thank you so much for uh, the work and the life that you're doing. And um, just God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. We pleasure to be with you. That's so great. Thank you so much, man. Um, I want to meet you face to face sometime, Randy. It's uh, yeah, that would be great. Of course, we got eternity to do that too. So yeah, <laughs> in the new Nebraska and the new Oregon, we can spend That's some right. time together. I mean, I just think about that. You know, Nancy's. Uh, I mentioned Maui. Um, That's her. She called her her happy place on this yep. earth. Always saying, of course. Uh, it, Everything will be happier in heaven uh, than anything we've ever experienced here. But I do think that we are the same people um, when we go there. The continuity between this life and the life to come. Sometimes we just act like, oh, yeah, we won't remember anything or we won't remember anybody. Then heaven is going to be deadly boring and all of this. And we're so wrong, so utterly wrong about that. And yeah. I and, and Satan does a number on us. You know, he, he does. doesn't want us to think of heaven as this glorious, wonderful, beautiful uh, place. Um, the best is yet to come. Like, like Lewis says in the um, the last of the Chronicles of uh, Narnia, um, the last battle. Um, he talks about this place where. Every day will be better than the one before. Every chapter better than the one before in this great story that's going to go on forever. Um, we act like the, the stories only happen on, on this world. And then the story's done and no adventure you know, ahead of us. Well, think about the wow. adventure of going to that new earth and colonizing it. The wow. first human beings to ever set foot on the new earth. We will all be among those beings. Wow. Wow. I mean, you talk about <laughs> discovery wild. and exploration. And I mean, wow. Amen. Wow. That sums it up, my friend. It's uh, it's a great conversation. Thank you. I'm glad I didn't stop the recording. That last part was the best part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, it. thanks, my friend. So, so great to connect again and God bless you and and God bless all your family and Thank including you. Harvey and Lewis. Yeah, they're starting to make a little racket over there too. So <laughs> it's time to feed them. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll i go back in the house and, and, and Grace, you'll be all over me like this is the greatest moment of her life. The, and, the and she'll moment. mean it. Yep. It will be. Yeah, she will. That's right. <laughs> Until the next one, That's that right. will also be the greatest. Yeah, it's so great. Hey, um, 
really appreciate you. And um, again, we've been praying for you for months and I'm sorry for what you're going through, but Thank we you love so you much. and just grateful for you. Thank Likewise, you. Likewise, brother. So good to talk with you. What an incredible talk with an incredible, faithful, brilliant man who loves the Lord, even in the hardest moments of life. Friend, this is about changing your mind. You lose your wife, you lose your spouse, you go through the massive thing, the hardest thing that humans can go through, grief and loss and pain, and you can still make that your servant. You can still use it to serve God. You can still change your mind about it, and you can tell a great story with your life. You don't have to be locked in misery and despair. And you can be, it's true that you can grieve and suffer and be in pain and at the same time find joy and purpose and peace. I just love it. Love Randy Alcorn. Please check out his books. If you have some extra resources and you want to donate to a great ministry, I'll I'll put a link to Eternal Perspective Ministries. They're doing great work out there on the West Coast and all over the world. And Randy's just one of those guys that um, every time I'm around him, I walk away going, man, I feel so much better. Like He makes makes, uh, things so much more clear. And uh, I love his new book. If you want a beautiful coffee table type book uh, with some great photography and wonderful insights from scriptures about what heaven's going to be like and what the new earth is going to be like, Randy Alcorn's book, The Promise of a New Earth, would be very great for you. We are going to give away some free copies, but please consider buying it and supporting the work of EPM, uh, his his great work. Now, I want to play you this song that started it all, the, the song from Tommy Walker, I Want to Find My Hope in You, that really is the reason that I found Randy in the first place. It's amazing to me, all the things that my association with Tommy Walker have done in my life and and I hope they've been blessings to you. I play a lot of his music primarily because I want to promote his ministry, but also because it's the most incredible scripture-based worship music I can find, and he makes it available for free for people all over the world. And if you're a worship leader or that sort of person who, who helps other people worship, Tommy's charts and his song sheets and chords and lyrics and all of that are always available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. One of the great things about their ministry is everything they do is available and accessible for you. And so if you're not a supporter, consider supporting them. But if you are um, a worship leader or somebody like that, you can really find some value on the website, TommyWalkerMinistries.org. And I just say all that to say this, that I'm so grateful that Tommy put the link in the, or put the mention of, of Randy's book, Happiness, in the note for his song I want to find my hope in you so I think it's fitting that we finish this episode there's a long wonderful conversation with Randy Alcorn with Tommy's song I want to find my hope in you because Nancy did it Randy's done it showing us the way of how to find our hope and find our peace and find our joy and find our happiness again even when the massive things in life happen friend you can change your mind and you can change your life and make this all this service put it all in the service of Jesus because he's the one that can help you Find your hope when all seems lost. All you need to do, my friend, is start today. I want to find my hope in you. I want to find my hope in you. Not a hope this world claims to give. I want to find my hope in I want to find my joy in you. I want to find my joy in you. Not a joy this world claims to give. I want to find my joy in you. 
Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.